Welcome to today's Conduit Podcast. As a reminder, Conduit is a tribe of small business owners and leaders and future leaders who desire to get better by learning and growing together. My name is Jerry Bierman, owner-operator of Alluring Glass, and we've got Paul Bauscher, my friend, uh, um, owner-operator of Insight Coaching and Bauscher Construction. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Jerry. So happy new year. I guess it's been a while. Has it been a while? Yeah, it's January. A little while. Yeah. So um, talking offline about standards, and this is, we are revisiting a topic that we, we talked about a couple weeks ago, but a little different perspective um, on, on standards in that, um, as I shared with you offline, I've spoken to some high school students recently and talked to them about some foundational standards that um, when they, you know, when they're coming to, to one of our businesses, they're applying to one of our businesses, there's some standards um, that we would like them to come with, right? So um, as, we're, as we're onboarding people or um, uh, we're establishing, you, you, you have in your company established standards um, and it sure would be nice if some of the standards that you want in your company, um, that the, 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 the prospective employees have already developed that as a standard in their life. Um, mm-hmm. so again, giving you not much time to, to, to process this, um, what are some, what are some thoughts that are coming to mind, um, on this topic and these, these types of people coming to your organization? It's a really great question. As I, as I ponder this, it makes me feel old as I think about a person who's 18 years old, you know, potentially-ish getting out of high school and entering into the workforce. Um, I think what popped into my head was self-regulation. Uh, and I think because when you're coming from a background of a school environment, whether it be high school or even not much to a much lesser degree a college arrangement mm-hmm. most of the structure in your life is created by someone else and so self-regulation is do you show up to work on time because you show up to work on time not because there's a punishment involved mm-hmm. for not showing up to work on time so i guess that really translates into behavioral standards is do I, I think I personally, I, mean, I tell people all the time, and you've probably heard me say this, that companies hire for skills and fire for values. And values can be a lot of different things. And it can be the values of how you greet or treat your coworkers, your customers, uh, whether you show up on time, whether you show up showered and neatly dressed. Whether you, so there's the self-awareness of the personal behavioral standards that I think would be at that level just extraordinarily critical because frankly, if we at Bowser Construction were hiring someone at a high school age, we wouldn't have a lot of expectation about their, their let's say carpentry or craftsmanship skills. Mm-hmm. We would completely understand that those are new and beginning and it's a, it's a place to grow. And frankly, I find that kind of exciting to have someone who's interested at that level, but there are, behavioral and and professional awareness standards like how to treat others just simply showing up on time showing up with a good attitude and 
<clears throat> treating treating your coworkers with respect and dignity. Mm -hmm. uh, those are the kind of standards that at that level, that's that I would be looking for in someone sure. at that I, at that I, age. Yeah, and I think that would be. I think I think as we're talking to people that aren't in our organization yet, um, I think that would be might be surprising. Like, uh, you know, I think, I think a lot of people, and I, I may mention this to you, but one of the questions, one of the questions I asked a group of young people, high schoolers is, you know, what kind of questions would you ask Paul Bauscher if, uh, if he was hiring? And they all said, you know, it was quick, you know, what do I, what would I do there? What would I do? And what are the mm -hmm. benefits? What are the benefits? And mm -hmm. those would be very normal questions. What do you do there? Well, you're going to be a you're going to be a uh, an apprentice carpenter. What am I going to do um, as an apprentice carpenter, and what are you going to pay me? And mm -hmm. I I pose the question to them that that one one of the things they should be asking Paul Bauscher is what can I become uh, if I go there? Like if I if I right. give if I if I come into a, an agreement with you that I, I will be employed by you. Yes, it's important to know what you do. And yes, it's important to know what the benefits are, but what can I become there? And um, so that's, that's, that's one-sided from the employee. What about the employer? So the leader, right? Or the owner in your case, the, the leader, mm -hmm. well, or both. The, the leader and owner, I think it might be surprising for some people to hear about your behavior. Like, um, we've hired guys that are toxic performers. They're really good at the craft and they're jackasses. And mm. so, um, you know, that, that type of person might say, well, why don't you just leave me alone? I can do the carpentry stuff. I can do the glass stuff. And we're like, well, yeah, but you're a jerk. Like nobody wants to mm. work with you. Um, your behavior, your behavior, your behavior is toxic. And so mm -hmm. a lot of that is, um, really valuable. That's a standard. Um, if you, if you have a reputation of showing up on time, um, that's a great standard that, um, is really important. Like that's still really important. Uh, showering before work, like getting yourself in order is really important. You know, being organized, being prepared. Those are standards that are really important. When does, here's, here's, here's a good one. Um, that, uh, a lot of guys never learn this when to speak myself included in some regards when, <laughs> when to speak and when to shut up right mm -hmm. stop talking you know well, i wonder I, I wonder what the reaction amongst the and that's great advice you gave those kids by the way and i, I wonder what their reaction would be if they asked someone like me or you if i work there what would i do and our answer was something to the effect of you'll promote and support the professional and friendly brand of alluring glass in a marketplace at all times. Yeah. I wonder what their reaction to that would be because they're, they're, you're right. Their thinking would be, am I going to carry glass? Am I going to inspect glass? Am I going to install glass? Am I going to drive a truck? Am I going to sweep up the broken glass? Am I going to, you know, they're thinking yeah. very tactically in the skill set range, but, yeah. and all of those things, by the way, do support the, the, the clean and professional brand of alluring glass. Sure. But it's also how you do it. And the example I always use a lot is we've all been to the restaurant where the food was, was good and the wait staff delivered the food on time, but they delivered it in a way that was just really flat. Was, Here you go. And then we've been to another restaurant where the food wasn't as good, 
but the wait staff was interactive and engaging and friendly and made your evening enjoyable. And you'd go back to the lesser quality food to get the better experience. Mm-hmm. That's the difference when you think about behavioral standards and quality standards. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what, what's the old saying? I forget who coined it. People don't, they, they pay less attention to what you do than how they pay how you do it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that that's why I think that comes into play is what you're talking about. What do I do there? Well, you come and you behave in a way that promotes the high quality standards and our brand in the marketplace mm-hmm. as we want it to be created. And certainly that includes quality work, but it, but it, it just as much or maybe even more includes how in the world you behave and how in the world you treat one another. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing a lot of people, cause I'm like you, I think showing up on time says, a lot about a person, but I strongly believe the phrase that the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And so someone who's punctual, hair brushed, <laughs> cleanly dressed, it shows a self-care that all of us can almost certainly interpret as a care that's going to extend beyond themselves. We know that's not always 100% true, but Someone who cares enough about themselves to, t- to be attentive to it, they're, likely, they're more likely to care about you or me or your customer. Mm-hmm. That's good. What are some other behavior standards that you think would be important for um, uh, a newer employee? So it could be an 18 to 22-year-old. It could be a 40-year-old that is uh, transitioning from one company to, an, to another. What what are other standards that um, are really important to companies like ours? Well, you could certainly expand on the behavioral standards, um, but I think there's a, there's a standard of care. Um, I remember when I was a kid, my dad started teaching me how to install baseboard as a pretty young kid. Um, and I always had to install the baseboard in the closet. And I can remember him coming in and looking at the work and saying, well, you need to redo that one right there. It's not quite tight enough. And I looked at him one day as probably a, you know, 12 or 13 year old kid mm-hmm. and said, it's in the closet, dad. And he goes, if you'll leave it in the closet, you'll leave it somewhere else. Redo it. So a, a standard, I'm not sure if this is the same thing we talked about before, but a, I, I want someone who is able to police themselves, someone who can hold themselves to a level of character and behavior and in quality workmanship without someone else telling them mm-hmm. that that's not good enough. Now, obviously, when someone's young, they need to learn what good enough actually is. So that, that, that obviously has to be learned. But I really love the person who doesn't have to be told, redo that, who doesn't have to be told, be on time who holds themselves to a very high standard internally. And that, that comes from within. Mm-hmm. And so I had a, I had a, uh, I had a conversation with the owner this morning, Odark hundred, and we were talking about um, pliable, like how pliable is the person? Like if you were brought up in a family um, that had certain standards um, you've got a competitive advantage if there are standards that Bowser wants to hire. Like if, um, if, if being forthcoming, honest, integrity is the way you were brought up um, and Bowser's company 
clearly has a standard of integrity and character. That's a, that's a, excuse me, that's permission to play, right? That's a standard Mm -hmm. that is a part of your company, my company as well. If you were brought up in a family that raised you to have a high standard with integrity, you've got a competitive advantage because you were immersed in that through your upbringing. But if you weren't, if things were a little slippery and it was a little, right, um, the, 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 the negative term of sales, salesy, right, to, in, in mm-hmm. reference, not in healthy sales, but in slimy coercion manipulations type stuff, you're a little mm-hmm. bit slippery. It's not completely the truth. Um, then can your, can, do you have the willingness to be pliable for your behavior, for your standard as it relates to your behavior to change. Certainly a 50 year old man is more difficult, I think, to be pliable, but I, I, I believe he can. And versus an 18 year old, for instance. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, I would agree that that's, it's more difficult for an older person than a younger person in many, because they're just more ingrained in what they do. Um, yeah, I think um, an openness to learning, when you're saying pliable, what I'm hearing is an openness to learning. Yes. Uh, and I think if you, as an employer, as a leader, if you hire someone who doesn't already have a background of those, those standards, then it takes a level of willingness to engage in teaching and training those to the young people in your organization. Because it's what I see a lot is the there's the the answer man right so most most business owners and leaders are very busy so they become the answer man and someone brings them a problem and they smash it like a bug <laughs> here's the answer and the person goes away and they bring something here's the answer and the person goes away and they never take the time to go here's how I'm solving the problem and this is why I'm solving it this way. So not just giving the answer, but expressing the standard that's behind the answer or the value that's behind the answer. And when you get someone on your organization, whether they're 18 or 48, that's a critical step if they're not, if you can see that they didn't come with that standard already baked in, because if you don't give them the why behind the what, well, then there's not going to be any connection to it. It's just going to become a rule. It's going to become a, a regulation, a bureaucracy. Well, I did it this way. Why'd you do it that way? Paul said to do it that way. Whoa, that's not the answer I want to hear. What I want to hear is because it fits this. It supports our brand. It supports our promise to our customer. Mm-hmm. Because as a business, everything you do is designed to deliver on your promise to your customer. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be sure that your team understands why they're doing it. I, and I think if a young person or old comes in and they're lacking that personal standard that you want them to have as leaders and, and business owners, we have to be ready to express exactly why we do what we do, not just what we do. Don't yeah. just, don't just shove a lot of answers. No, that's good. I, and the word I wrote just wrote down was maturity. So um, you could be a 50 year old guy that shows emotional immaturity, right? Right that, you know, just anything happens and he just freaks out. Like, and you and I would say, gosh, that guy is emotionally immature. Well, you could be 18 mm-hmm. and be emotionally immature, right? And what we're, sure. talking, 
what we're talking about is behavior, right? The way you're behaving leads me to believe that you're um, immature emotionally, the way you're behaving. And so as you, as you, that's really resonating with me this morning, that your behavior, um, uh, the standard that you have for your behavior is influencing what we believe to be true about you. Um, I've got an 18 year old guy on my staff. I'll send this to him. I hope he listens to it. Um, and he's really ambitious. So he's got a lot of the good qualities. Um, he's 18. And uh, when you're 18 and you're ambitious, then there's certain, uh, there's certain things that you can be immature with that can stay with you till you're 50. Right. So I work with a 50 year old and he's a got it guy. Like, you, you know, he, you can't, he's not open-minded. He always thinks mm -hmm. he's right. He's arguable. Um, he's not impressionable. He's got to do it his way. And he was probably that same way when he was 18 and he just didn't mature in that area. And so um, it, we're using that in the, in the context of behavior again, when to speak, when not to speak, and um, what to talk about. So, uh, 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 for instance, is we teach our guys that you don't have conversation that could be heard or overheard in the house as being um, um, derogatory or there's a problem. Like we talk to our guys about if you have a problem, like something's going sideways and you need to talk about it, like this this shower glass is not going to fit in here. Somebody, somehow we, we screwed something up. That conversation's done outside, not inside. Right. So mm -hmm. be, because we've heard, had baby monitors in, in rooms and we've had uh, owners and contractors in close earshot. And um, anyway, we want to have those conversations outside. So again, that's a part of the learnings. And we would say, you know, what I would say to my guys is, the standard is that we're going to have this conversation outside in a respectful way. Um, mm -hmm. So those are, you know, it sure would be nice if they came to me and they knew that you have uh, conversations that could be uh, con con uh, conflicting in nature privately. And you have conversations that are, that are edifying or uplifting publicly, right? You know, when I'm, when I'm saying that my guy, you know, you did a great job with thus and such, we want to scream that from the, the rooftops, right? We want everybody to hear that. But when I say, mm -hmm. hey, uh, you were late for work or you weren't in uniform or um, you installed the, the door backwards or whatever, we want to do that privately. And so right. th those are standards that are a part of our culture that it sure would be nice if these guys... Uh, learned it um, before they came to our organization. Well, in something like stepping outside for the conversation, smart move, by the way, but that's, um, that's also a very specific company, company specific behavioral standard uh, that they would need to learn once they join your staff. Uh, but having a self-awareness, uh, you know, you always talk. Yeah about how important self-awareness is to leaders. I think it's a, it's really important to everyone having a self-awareness about what you do affects other people and what you say impacts and affects other people. It's not, it's not, I think sometimes in our country today, we, especially on social media, we get this idea that we can say whatever we want because we have the quote unquote right to say what 
we want to say. And yeah. that's all nice and good, except that <clears throat> the, the, we have an impact on those around us and having the awareness to realize what that impact is that yes, there's a problem with the, with the glass and it's not going to fit and we're going to solve it. But knowing that the impact of how you talk about it could have a negative, uh, a negative impact on the homeowner or the contractor you're working for, or worse yet, the homeowner's view of the contractor you're working yeah. for. So, you know, as a, as a contractor, I hear you saying that and I'm going, wow, that's a brilliant, I love that you do that because we solve problems every day, but we don't necessarily need the customer to know that that's what's going on. I mean, frankly, it's what they hire us for. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that self-awareness of what, of that there's a, there's a whole world that's being touched by you all the time. And how are you, how is your behavior impacting that world? Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, thinking about a 50 year old that doesn't let me fit as a leader, you know, I'm trying to um, communicate with this 50 year old, um, you know, in this particular application, um, our standard is to do it this way. And then for that 50 year old to interrupt me as I'm not finished, I, I've not finished my sentence and you're interrupting me is incredibly annoying. Well, whether they're, yeah. again, going back to standards and behavior and maturity, or this gets blurred lines there, but um, whether you're 18 or 50, when somebody's sharing an idea, again, let them finish. So we talk about got it guys. Like it doesn't matter what you, you start to tell them anything and they got it. Hey, Paul, do you know? Yeah. Got it. Yep. 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 Got it. 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 And they don't got it. And then, and then, right. So, um, you know, just some of those things, some of those behavioral, uh, issues that it sure would be nice if they, got those as, uh, got those is the wrong word. If they, if they were self-aware, thank you, of those stand like society behavioral standards, that's acceptable. Um, yeah, that's very true. And I, I, I get what you're saying about the got it guy. That's, uh, so I think it's an, it's an old proverb from somewhere that you can't put, you can't add water to a container that's full. And that's, um, it's sort of the antithesis of having someone who's open to learning all the time. Sure. One of the most powerful skills and habits that I've seen in team members and leaders and managers is the ability to stay curious enough to hold opposing information or, or even information that seems to be opposing mm -hmm. and to hold that in your mind as you gather and stay curious about what's really going on before jumping to an answer, before jumping to a conclusion. Because too many times I see people get one piece of information and want to just boom, solve the problem right now. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, you haven't actually considered all the options yet. And so being able to curiously stay open to, yes, I think I know what I'm doing, but maybe Jerry knows another way. Maybe Bill knows a different way. Maybe Susie has, has seen something I haven't seen. And when we stop doing that, unfortunately, it's, it's very often the point where we stop learning and growing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another and you're right, that can happen at 18 or it can happen at 50. No doubt. And going back to the 18 or 50-year-old and standards is bring me solutions, not problems, right? So... 
um, as you're learning the business or the culture, I guess the business for the sake of time, as you're learning a business, um, you start, you start becoming aware of solutions, excuse me, to problems. And so one of the things that, that I want to create a culture in our company of is problem solvers, um, to where the guys are thinking about, and, and, and I think, I think having, I think come, what I talk to my guys about is bring me three solutions to the problem. Like I want you to bring it to my attention or to another leader's attention, but I'd like you to bring it to their our attention with three possible solutions. So, Hey Mark, I want to make you aware that on the Smith job, the glass came in with this imperfection in this location. Um, you know, what I, what I chose to hear you say in the past about this is here's two or three action steps that I should be taking. Um, you know, something like that versus just, you know, the Smith job came in and it's a problem. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's bringing solutions to issues, not just bringing awareness to problems or mm-hmm. avoidance, right? Some, the other piece of that, whether they're 18 or 50 is just avoiding the problem. And so the, you know, one of the things that we talk about in the, in our business is like bad information needs to travel really quick. Like we're going to miss the deadline, Paul, um, for the Smith job or Daniel, we're going to miss, you know, you gave me a target date to template on, um, Thursday at nine 30, um, next, next Thursday at nine 30. And I'm just letting you know that we're overbooked for that Thursday. Is there any way we could move it up to Wednesday or Friday? Anyway, being proactive, um, with multiple options is also very helpful from a, mm-hmm. a company culture or standards, you know, think about solutions. Um, yeah. I th- I right. And that's, that's a, you know, that it, to, to boil that into a behavioral standard, perhaps you have to look at it as being willing to take on the responsibility of solving problems. Yeah. or contributing contributing to solving problems yeah. rather than the saying, you know, I, I uh, remember my dad, the worst thing you could ever say to him was it's not my job because mm-hmm. he would, he would say it's everyone's job. The work we're doing is everyone's job. So don't ever tell me it's not your job. And so if the, the standard of behavior is that I'm going to always lean into trying to solve a problem. And and, Hey, if you're bringing in a young person into your organization as the leader owner, you have to accept that they're not going to have the band. They're not going to have the experience background really to solve a lot of these problems. But if the behavioral standard is, Hey Jerry, here's a problem, or I really don't know how to solve it. But as I look at it from my new point of view, here's what I would think about doing. And what I think about there is, man, they might take a swing and whiff often when they first start. But imagine the learning opportunity if they came to you with that approach and you could say, well, hey, Roger, that's that's I'm really glad that you thought that through. Let me tell you how we'd solve that and how it applies to what you're telling me. And and that person who brings that to you is going to learn at such an alarmingly fast rate because of that approach. I've got a, I got a text message about, I don't know, an hour ago from a a young project manager um, that's just newer in the project management role for us. And he asked me a question and I said, my response was, that's a great question. And I didn't answer it. And um, 
I was just waiting for you know, just to see how long it would take before he came back with, he, he knows me really well. We worked together a long time, but he came back with, I'm going to take these uh, action steps. And I said, great idea. And so <laughs> I don't know if he was pissed, but um, you know, his, he made good, he, his, he knew the answer. I, I, I appreciate the fact that he was, going upstream, so to speak, to get confirmation. But I felt, and it, you know, if it was a safety issue or a brand promise issue, I would probably assert myself uh, more aggressively, right? Um, but in so many questions that come up are, are questions that you could actually answer yourself. Going back to uh, responsibility, one of the things that I would want new hires to hear, people that, whether they're 50 or, or 18, is I'm looking for people that don't deflect, right? So mm -hmm. I want I want a I want a team that disproportionately takes more of the responsibility. You know, hey, I might only have forty percent culpability in this. I might only have forty percent responsibility, but I'll take fifty percent, Paul. You know, get give me the lion's share of the responsibility. This is clearly this was on my radar, and I clearly swung and missed to use your your metaphor. Right. This is this is on me. What I find 50 year olds doing and 18 year olds doing is saying, well, it's really not all my fault because Bob had a hand in this. That right. is that it from a leadership standpoint. I'm not I'm looking for the opposite of that. Like so if guys if guys said to me, how can I advance in your organization as a leader? I would say one of them is disproportionately take more responsibility. Like it is fascinating that a lot of people don't want the responsibility because they don't want the blame, but they do want the responsibility if it is relating to career advancement and more benefits. Right. Well, they don't want the responsibility. They want the benefits of it. Right. I mean, that's, that's, Fair. that's adolescence, right? I want the freedom of an adult with the responsibility of a child. And I have 50 so, year olds that do that. Exactly. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> so sure. it's the, you know, as you're saying that I'm thinking buy them all copies of extreme ownership, Jocko Willing's great book and, and yeah. start a book club because that's such a powerful book and, and an important concept. And I've experienced some of the same frustration that you're talking about. And I, I think what I'm learning when it comes to the idea of ownership, because that's a really good piece to touch on here as we get to the end of this, because I don't know how many young people have thought about it in that regard but extreme ownership owning owning that and i think the word fault creeps in here all the time and this is where people get hung up on the idea of taking ownership of a problem or taking ownership of or as you said responsibility what i found recently is trying to think about it more in the terms of are you willing to take ownership of your contribution to the issue because if we're going to have an argument about whether it's all, you even said in what you just said a minute ago, it's not all my fault because so-and-so had a hand in it. Well, I'm not actually addressing that it's all of your fault. All I want to talk about is your contribution to it. So the ownership that I'm looking for out of people is, can you own your contribution? Because frankly, that's the only piece anyone can work on. I can't change Jerry's contribution. All I can change is mine. And I have a contribution, so let's focus on that. So I, I agree wholehearted with you. What, I, what, I, what makes such a huge impact to me in a positive way is to see someone, something go sideways and have someone go, 
I could have done this better. And maybe it wouldn't even have fixed the whole problem. But an acknowledgement from someone that I see my contribution and here's how my contribution could have been different to make this better. Because if every single member of your team, family, church, (laughs) community takes that approach, then we have a culture of responsibility and ownership that is, that can accomplish anything. For sure. I love it. Ah, gosh. All right. I got to, I got to go. This, this uh, conversation I could talk about, for the next six hours. I find it, <laughs> I find it incredibly beneficial. And, and I think this will be really helpful for anybody that's going to, as a matter of fact, something like this might be very valuable for people like for selfishly for my organization, like listen to this podcast. Um, if you want to, if you want to know what you're walking into and what the expectations are, I think this, this podcast would help um, uh, prospective uh, staff members for me, for sure. Yeah, love it. It's a great topic.